Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Outer World Show, sharing the latest news, interesting tips, and hidden lore about the Outer Worlds. I'm your board approved host, Sebastian Mazzaro, and today we have yet another special interview for you spacers. We have Monty from the RPG News HQ Twitter account. Monty has been an RPG mastermind for years, following different games, doing different podcasts, hosting awesome websites, and it was great to have this conversation with. I hope you really enjoy the talk, and we'll be back next Tuesday with your regularly scheduled episode. And as always, heavy spoilers for every aspect of the game. So be warned. Thanks. Hey there, Spacers, and welcome to yet another special episode of the Outer World Show. I'm your board-approved host, Sebastian Nazaro, and today we have another special guest for you, the mastermind behind the RPG News HQ Twitter account, Monty. How you doing tonight, man? All right, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's near the end of the good. week, so I am feeling all right. Yeah, great to finally talk to you. Been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, there's, uh, we had a bunch of back and forth. We've been talking since game release pretty much and trying to schedule this. So I'm, I'm glad we could sit down and, and get to talking some Outer Worlds. Yeah, me too, man. This is a really, really special game. And uh, there's definitely a lot to discuss. So can't yeah. wait to get into it here. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, But before we get into the actual game itself, why don't you give my listeners a little bit of an understanding of your background with gaming, with RPGs. Um, we were talking a little off air that you have... Uh, little experience with with podcasts as well yeah it, yeah well well i first got into games you know i've been playing games since i was like you know like a five-year-old on nintendo 64 but mm-hmm. but I, I didn't really get into rpgs until i first uh i first saw the ad for fallout new vegas in a in a game informer magazine it was a preview for the game oh, and i was nice. like wow this sounds really cool it sounds like something completely different than i've ever experienced before and then i finally i finally got to play it when i was around 11 years old and mm-hmm. it really just it just blew my mind, like the ability to be able to pick up, pick all your dialogue choices and create the character that you want to be and have such an effect on the world and everything. It just blew me away. And ever since then, I've just been I've just been really in love with RPGs and, you know, especially like the Fallout, Bethesda, Obsidian type RPGs. And, uh, you know, New Vegas is probably my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. I go back and forth between that and Fallout 3. I usually say it's a tie, but. <laughs> Nowadays, I give the edge to New Vegas for a few reasons, and also because, uh, you know, that was my first Fallout game and real RPG, so it has a special place in my heart. And, you know, and then, um, I'll go ahead. Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna say I'm right there with you. I, uh, I, my first uh, Fallout game was Fallout Three, and I was I was uh, eighteen, nineteen when I first played it, and then New Vegas as well. As I go, as I got older, I appreciated New Vegas a lot more and the choices that it gave you. But like, yeah. like you said, the oh, first yeah, one, you, you always remember your first. And mine, mine in the Fallout series was Fallout 3. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. I always wish I could go back and just erase my memory and just play it again for the first time. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Sorry, then, I cut uh, you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, yeah and then, then a few years ago, um, one, like after New Vegas, you know, there was such, you know, a huge amount of hype for Fallout 4. And, you mm-hmm. know, I got sucked into it and I was just so hyped, you know, because we had to wait so long for that game. Mm-hmm. And there was all these teases and everything. So I, I wanted to share my hype with other people because I saw people on YouTube, like, uh, like my friend Mr. Matty Plays and other people. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I really want to do what they're doing. So, so I, started a, I started a YouTube account and I was creating videos like, you know, Let's Plays and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I really didn't like that as much. You know, I didn't really like the whole editing videos thing. So then I started a Twitter account. Uh, it was at, at For All Out which is still the same handle I have today. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny play on the, the title. That's great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Todd Howard actually, he's like, oh, wow, that, that's a cool name because he answered my one question at, a, at the B3 show the one time. Oh, whoa. Which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I created that Twitter account. And at first it was just kind of, you know, just like, just me just like, you know, just being really hyped about the game. And I did like, you know, like, you know, news and every little mm-hmm. detail that would come out about it. But over time, you know, it started growing. I started gaining more followers. And then, um, and then around uh, 2015, uh, I became friends with uh, 
Mr. Maddie Plays, who is a, mm-hmm. a big YouTuber in the, in the Fallout community. And uh, I, founded a, I founded a website with him called SugarBomb.com. And oh, it was, nice. a, yeah, and it was, a, it was, it was a forum uh, focused on Fallout, but also other RPGs. And we founded it because uh, like, neither of us really liked Reddit a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. we thought Reddit had a lot of downsides and there was a lot of negativity at that time going around the, the Fallout Reddit. So yeah. we wanted to create our own thing. So we created Sugar Bond and it, it really became like a, a huge success, like beyond what you know, I, I ever anticipated. And uh, it was me, him, and another guy named Joe who did the technical work. Mm-hmm. And you know, I came up with the name and you know, the, the, the other ideas and the general concept around it. And you know, like for a while, it was a very big success. We had around 10,000 active users at one point, and we had, uh, we had articles being pumped out by a whole team of people. They were being read by like thousands of people. I did uh, interviews with different people. I did interviews with um, Brian T. Delaney, who was the oh. uh, voice actor for the male protagonist in Fallout 4. And I yeah. also did a, a series of interviews with uh, Chris Avalon. E- wow. Each of those got like, you know, like 10,000 views, like 30,000 views altogether. And uh, that was a really great thing for a while. It was a really good community. But after Fallout 4 came out, there was just a ton of like negativity and backlash against the game. And, and mm-hmm. that really had a, a bad effect on the community. And so we, we never really quite re- regained that momentum we had before the release. And, uh, but but we, we still were around for a few more years. I just recently just closed it up uh, about, a, about a year ago just because oh. I wanted to focus on other things. And uh, and then I started this uh, Twitter account that mm-hmm. uh, you know me from now, uh, RPG News HQ. At first it was a Fallout 76 News HQ, but... Oh, wait. I got really burnt out on that game and I just wanted to get away from the negativity around it. So then I, I started focusing more on just RPGs in general. And now for the past few months, I've been really focusing on uh, the Outer Worlds. Yeah, you see, I, I feel like that's kind of a common trend among um, people in the Fallout community where they were really pumped up for Fallout 4, a little let down once it released. Then pumped up again for 76, and then everything kind of came crashing down a little bit. Not The community's still there, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't have quite the hype that it did before 76 came out. And yeah, now, yeah, yeah, no. You, you see a ton of people now transitioning over to the Outer Worlds. I mean, you you spoke of Mr. Matty Plays, who him, he himself has been one of the leading sources of information as far as the game goes before release and now after release uh, yeah. with his YouTube channel. Yeah, he's a great he, guy, too. Yeah, and you, you yourself, and with the RPG uh, News Headquarter account, it um it, it has been an awesome source of information for the Outer Worlds. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, no problem. It's it's been it's been awesome. Um, and so is this podcast. And learning it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> we try. We try to keep up with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but uh, but it, it's just funny to see that trend. Like all the Fallout fans who like are really hungry for those those old school Fallout games and something like that again have now transitioned over over to the outer worlds yeah yeah definitely because people have really been uh thirsting for you know the the more traditional rpg experience and the focus on things like dialogue and Mm -hmm. writing and you know skills and skill checks and everything like that everything that has gone away from the fallout series in recent years so you know and obviously obsidian also made fallout new vegas so right you know people are also you know they've been wanting a new vegas sequel for a long time and mm-hmm. this might be the closest thing we we're ever going to get to that, but, right? Yeah, on yeah. the on the path that Bethesda is, it doesn't. We don't have much hope that it's going to be transitioning back to that kind of system. But I mean, yeah. I'm, there's always going to be a tiny tiny fraction in my heart that hopes that <laughs> Bethesda gets their act together. Maybe hires Obsidian again, brings the team back together, <laughs> doesn't give them a year to make a game. <laughs> gives yeah, them a yeah. Longer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of hope for Bethesda at this point. I think they're kind of. They're, they're almost too far gone at this point with some of the bad decisions they've made and the PR mm-hmm. disasters that they've had. And they're just a completely, they're really a different company than they were, you know, say like eight, 10 years ago. You know, they're not the same Bethesda anymore. I think, I think like ZeniMax's influence has really almost corrupted them to a degree. And yeah. even their games just, just aren't the same anymore, as you can see with Fallout 76. I mean, it's just, it was a mess on release. And it's just, it, it's not what Fallout is supposed to be about. And they just don't get it. I mean, there's some good people still working there, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't have much hope for them in the future. And um, yeah. 
Yeah, just a couple other quick things I wanted to mention. I forgot to yeah, say. Yeah, go for it. You know, I also did um I, I did a Fallout themed podcast in the past called Holotapes Weekly, and oh, nice. that was a fun experience. I also was on Mr. Maddie Plays' podcast, Ham Radio, a couple times, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Sugar Bond also had a podcast too because uh, you know Sugar Bond was a really really you know incredible thing for me and it really changed my life in a lot of ways and you know we even got mentioned on on rooster teeth the one time oh, because uh damn. yeah because <laughs> people actually leaked um footage from uh fallout 4 before it was, it was released uh it was like secret footage from QuakeCon, and people leaked it oh. on the site and uh <laughs> it was it was on our site and then it went on pornhub so we oh, were mentioned nice. in a pornhub video basically <laughs> that's amazing you didn't you, yeah. the, the places that it will lead you making something like making a new website like that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no it's it and i've met a lot of great people and you know really i've met better people online than i have in real life in a lot of instances which is, is which is really funny the internet's really funny that way it's like it, you hear so much and like you were mentioning earlier with reddit and so, there's so much negativity but there are pockets in there that you'll find like like-minded people who actually want to support each other, actually want to bond over a game or a system or a company. Um, it's, it's funny seeing, even with The Outer Worlds being a new IP, seeing this community grow. And yeah, definitely. people kind of take the lead and try to like move it forward or find unique things and just bond over this experience of exploring this new world together. So it, yeah. is, it is interesting that like, yeah. as bad as a rap gaming communities can get, there are some pockets out there that are really helpful and really like a good people yeah yeah and uh especially with with this game the outer worlds there's really been um before release there was a lot of you know positivity and a ton of excitement mm-hmm. and it and usually once the game releases like you know that all goes away and right. some of it was starting to go away when they announced like the whole epic exclusivity mm-hmm. thing but i think since the game's release it's still been a really great community to be a part of and it's been a lot of positivity you know completely opposite from uh, how the fallout fallout community is right now yeah, it, it, Bethesda is working. I, I hate to keep bringing up Bethesda and kind of knocking them, but it's it's yeah, well, hard not to make the comparison. It. Yeah, at this point, it's it, it's funny to see how they're working their way back to like even kill to like zero because there's so much negativity. Whereas the Outer Worlds, it's like you just said, it's it was building and building with all the hype before release, and then it's just built on top of that. I mean, yeah. there was there was some people complaining about certain aspects of the graphics or like the combat beforehand, but I think yeah. they were pretty much it's, drowned out. It's an obsidian out. game, you know. Exactly, so. you're not here for the what combat. Do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's story- what I mentioned in my review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and well, let's get to that. Let's um, let's get to the game a little bit. So mm-hmm. I I assume your experience with obsidian games with RPGs. I mean, RPGs is in the title of your twitter handle it's yes, it sir. only makes sense that this drew your eye but what oh, yeah. uh what exactly was it that dialogue that drew you in that you were most excited about before uh release of the game yeah well i mean obviously just being in an obsidian game and you know obsidian had created my f- favorite game of all time mm-hmm. and uh you know i i have a, a lot of respect for the people there and uh especially uh chris avalon who's no longer there but helped found the studio right and you know they're just so they're just masters at their craft and of creating amazing stories and dialogue yeah yeah, and i'm a big writing guy for sure Mm -hmm. so you know as soon as i saw the trailer for the game i saw some gameplay and i saw skill checks i'm like man i've been missing this shit for so long for fallout and everything man like i am so excited like that's all i want like you know all i want is just that incredible dialogue and that focus on the rpg mechanics and skills mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, it's 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 a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah, for, definitely. Uh, it, for me, it's like the story is great, and it's it's the resulting. I guess it's the the fact that your choices actually have consequences in the game. Yeah, the world oh, yeah, is sure. constantly reacting yeah. to you. Yeah, well, that's a big thing. Uh, Chris Avalon would always mention to me. He said, you know, the most important thing about RPGs and the thing he always strived for. Is mm-hmm. to make them reactive to the player, like as reactive yeah. as possible. And you know, New Vegas is is an incredibly reactive game, and this game is too. Yeah, um, it's a little different from New Vegas, obviously, but but still, like when you walk for into sure. a town, you, you know, like people say, like I walked into um, Edgewater for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, I talked to um, a lady there, 
and I, I, I forget her name, but mm-hmm. she said uh, she 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 knew that I did um, that I did something. Like I don't want to give away too much for people that haven't played the game, but 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 oh, she yeah. knew that I did I'll something in another quest already, and I'm like, yeah. wow, like how did the, how did she know that? Like that's incredible. You know? <laughs> so like little things like that, you know. Yeah, it, it it is. Everybody kind of knows your business, which is like kind of what you want. I'll throw a spoiler yeah. tag at the beginning of the episode too, so so no worries about spoilers. Everybody, okay. yeah, yeah, we're, we're a few sure weeks out. Yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, it's it's like that. It's or yeah. the fact that like you you're making these decisions, and there's there's no black or white. It's all shades of gray. So you don't yeah. feel great and you don't feel horrible no matter what you're doing. I mean, unless you go really far one way, you could. I, I'm doing a playthrough right now where I feel pretty horrible with everything I'm doing, <laughs> but but it's yeah. that that choice, that consequence that really uh, shines in a way that I haven't seen since New Vegas and uh, a little bit of Pillars of Eternity. I've been playing that a little bit, which um, mm-hmm. definitely has that that obsidian flair. You can see it all the way through with the choices, the consequences. Yeah. And, uh, and and definitely with like the reactivity, like another example of that yes. w- w- was like you know I was talking to to uh, uh, Adjutant Akande, mm-hmm. and, and she was like and she was like oh well well, well I, I know I know how you are you know you're just a freelancer and you're ruthless and you get the job done like like the the characters and NPCs they respond to your personality and like Completely. the dialogue choices you make throughout the game like they they develop you know they understand your reputation, you know, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And they understand the personality of your player, which is really cool, especially when you're trying to role play as a certain type of character. And, uh, right. Yeah. yeah a, ga- a game like this, like it, uh, you, we forget, we use the term RPG so much that we forget what it stands for, like role play. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. that needs to be the heart of it. Like the game, it needs to be your story because yeah, you're exactly. taking on this character. Um, and it's funny that you bring up Adjutant Akande because I, in my playthrough, I was a dumb brute, essentially, um, who could talk a little bit. He had a little charisma, but he was stupid as a rock. And when he talked to Adjutant Akande, she was like, oh, you simpleton, like you made it all the way here. I'm like pretty impressed. And then I just completely screwed up the conversation by taking all the dumb, the dumb options that I was given. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really want to do a dumb playthrough for my next one. It's but, hilarious. Uh, it's so worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, for for this uh, playthrough, I was kind of role playing as kind of like you know like a, like an evil. Well, not like an evil mastermind, but like you know a mastermind who kind of operates you know like underhandedly, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know doesn't like commit to anyone but himself, and is just kind of in yeah. it for you know the power and everything like that. And and you know like the like the choices, the dialogue choices I made you know, shaped the personality of my character. And, and, you know, it really, um, it really showed me what, like, cause some of the characters in the game, they're not, um, like the characters in the game aren't the greatest. Like they're not, there's not a ton of like super memorable, memorable characters in my opinion, mm-hmm. but my favorite character actually ended up being like my own player character <laughs> in a weird way. Like through awesome. the dialogue choices <laughs> I made and the, the personality I developed for him, you know, which I thought was really interesting. Like I never really had that, um, feeling in a game before that's how it should be though right because like you're spending the most time with this character you're you have the most control over the actions they take and that only um that's exaggerated when the creator when the developer gives you tools like obsidian gives us here to actually form not only the skills the attributes but like the conversation choices that actually mean something that will drive the conversation a certain way rather than just a one-line reaction from the NPC that like, oh, that was the bad choice. Let me continue to railroad you to this decision. Yeah, yeah, no, I hate that shit. Right. You know, that's one of the things I love about this game, like you were saying before. Like, there's not like, like, there's no karma system. There's no like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, these people are evil. This choice is evil. No, Mm -hmm. No, everything, everything basically is morally gray and it's up to you to decide, you know, what's good and what's bad. And, and what to do, which I love that, you know, and I, and I, I can't stand games like, you know, like, you know, like, I, I don't want to keep bringing up Fallout, but like Fallout no, 3, no, you know, like, it, it. Yeah. like you're forced to, you're forced to side with the Brotherhood, you know, you don't really have a choice to really be right. very evil, you know, and also, you know, like w- with Star Wars also, like, like Star Wars is really mm-hmm. black and white, you know, like the Empire is evil, like the Rebels are the good guys, right, you, you know, and that's good for some sorts of stories, but for an RPG, you know, I, I just love it to be more like morally gray. 
unless you're playing Kotar 2 made by Obsidian, where you yeah, can exactly, <laughs> become yeah. a Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was talking more like the, the movies and stuff no, like that. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree. The, the conversation, the dialogue is amazing. Um, I, I take it you did a board run, uh, not a board run, a Phineas run your first playthrough? Uh, no, not exactly. Oh, the, the, oh you the, said, I'm sorry, you said you were morally, you were kind of playing them off each other. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of playing, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to commit to either side. I wanted to take it as far as it would go, mm-hmm. like playing them both, like it's called like playing both sides against the middle kind of. Yeah. Like I was working, I was working with Phineas and I was, uh, you know, making him seem like, you know, I wanted to help him. Yeah. But at the same time, I was working for the board. And I, and I actually, you know, I, I installed the, the tracking chip in Phineas's oh. computer. Okay. But, I, but then I told Phineas about it. Oh, so then it was like, nice. I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm like generating like a, just maximum chaos. And I just wanted to like, yeah. you know, just, you know, because like, like I didn't really care about them. Like my character only really cared about himself. So I was just trying to get as much rewards as I could from like both sides. That's amazing. You know, which was which I thought was really cool because you know in most games like you, you like you really have to pick a side you know mm-hmm. fairly early on, but in the outer worlds you can really play both sides until like the very end, which was yeah. really cool. And I ended up you know getting the exact ending I wanted for my character, which was you know like running old Halcyon. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. They um at some point there's always like and and this game has it too where it's like you save now because this is the last mission. But by the yeah. time you get to that mission, you should have like a side that you're siding with, whether it's the quote unquote good or bad guys. Yeah. But here, yeah, I I was I did a board run my first playthrough, and I um I could have there were so many chances to tell Phineas what I'm doing and how I'm working with the board, and I didn't take any of them, but I was like surprised by how late in the game they were still like you sure you don't want to tell phineas what you're doing i'm like no no i'm siding with the board yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i was too and, it's uh, like yeah i'm yeah, sorry yeah, and, yeah yeah and ultimately ultimately you know like at the end like yeah I, I did like help the board over phineas but it was it wasn't because i supported the board it was because my character w- was just you know just doing what would help him the most you know what i'm saying yeah, he got a chance to rule the entire colony. Why yeah, not take exactly. that? Yeah, exactly. You know, because the board themselves are kind of, you know, they're kind of incompetent. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't really oh, trust yeah. them, like, running the show by themselves. They would just, you know, they would just destroy the colony by yeah. themselves. And, and Phineas, like, I, I didn't really trust Phineas's motivations because, uh, because Phineas is kind of, he kind of saves you. And then he just expects you to just do his bidding. Right. And... And, you know, it's just kind of like, well, don't I get, you know, some choice, like, you know, in the matter, like, like, I'm yeah. not just your slave here. And also, I noticed <laughs> if you go on Phineas's terminal, yep. in, uh, yep. in his, uh, mm-hmm. in his lab, like, there was actually a message. Um, I, I guess it was to Hiram. And it was just like, oh, well, well I don't really trust this guy. And, and you know, basically, it, it just sounded like, to me like Phineas was just using me. So I'm like, yeah. fuck you, Phineas. Like, I, I'm going to double cross you then. Definitely. That was the first place I went to after Edgewater was Phineas's lab to go get the uh, the shrink ray. Yeah. And uh, I saw that same terminal entry and I was like, nope, nope, I'm I'm the board now. I'm a board man. I'm a company yeah, exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's interesting that doing that other like that little extra searching, you find something that just completely dictates the rest of your playthrough. Yeah, I know. Well, there's so much, you know, little details and attention to detail in this game. Oh, it's, yeah. It's amazing. And all the, the terminal entries, I, I always love reading them. That's, a, that's been the, uh, the most fun, I, I guess the best part of re- doing this show is um, going through, just taking one location, taking Stellar Bay or taking Cascadia, and just going through every terminal entry and going through every nook and cranny to see what they hid in there. And there's yeah. just so much I miss my, during my playthrough. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can find, you know, pieces of information that, that you can use to help you and help you make your decisions in the game. Mm-hmm. And there's also, you know, like I, like I found that there was a fair amount of strategy in the game, actually, like dealing with, with these different factions and different people. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was really interesting because, you know, like kind of like the way I did it, like I was I was supporting both of them at the same time to go against each mm-hmm. other. And, yeah. you know, it, it ended up... <laughs> You, you know, helping me in the end, which is really cool. Right, yeah. Or in, on the other hand, you could have just picked one side, picked Phineas, and just through and through, you're going to support Phineas no matter what, and 
the game would have allowed you just to go like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's so many different options and so many different ways you can you can play the game, which is you know the best part. Yeah, I haven't seen the number of endings there are, but I'm I'm I would be interested to see how many how many different kinds you could get in the end. I know there's three main. Yeah, isn't ones, there like over like well with like the variation of different slides? I mean, it's got to be at least like a hundred. I, I think you would think, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I think that's like the number I read. Damn. I put out some number a while ago, but I can't remember the exact number. I'd have to look that up, but that's yeah. it's crazy thinking how many times you could play through this game and get something different. Yeah, no, it, it is for sure. Um, no, so no, we went, I can't wait to play another playthrough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went through a lot of, of what you've been enjoying about the game, but um, do you have anything you haven't been enjoying or something that you were like a little surprised was lacking in the game? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but definitely, you know, the combat is kind of, you know, like lackluster. Mm-hmm. But like Obsidian is, you know, like gameplay is always like their weakness, kind of. So yeah. it didn't surprise me, but like the game, like the combat was like I, I just found myself sneaking around most of the time and just trying to avoid combat. Mm-hmm. And like you know, the weapons, most of them weren't very fun to use. I mean, the science weapons were, were cool. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and also like a few other things, like the like I thought that the flaws were a really cool concepts but but i thought they were kind of rendered pointless by the fact that they're optional i feel like if they were you know like mandatory like you had to take them they were automatic then it would be more interesting for sure but but like since it's a choice it's like why am i gonna take this especially because you know another thing perks aren't very interesting to begin with in my opinion so like i don't really care about getting a perk point so the only reason to really take a flaw is if you're really doing like a really serious role play i guess yeah, I didn't deny any of the flaws just because of that, because I wanted to see how the game actually worked with them. And the, once I took on a few of them um, and you get some you get some dialogue options, especially with the I think it's robophobia and your interactions with Sam are just like they're pretty funny that you can be scared of him the entire game. Oh, uh, I actually I actually didn't know there were dialogue options with the flaws. That That's that's very cool. I'm about to do that my next playthrough. Yeah, I think that was. I, that's the one that comes to mind. I don't know how many there are. So mm-hmm. it, there might be others in there, but I, that's the main one that I remember. But I, yeah. I hear you. Like with the, the perks just kind of seemed a little generic, a little repetitive, yeah. just on like higher scale. Every time you got to another tier, it's like, oh, adding this much more time to your TTD. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so like on, uh, I was playing on normal difficulty, my first one, and it's it wasn't really... They weren't, I wasn't excited about getting a perk point to the point where no, I would take on the floor. Yeah. I, um, once you, I tried Supernova, I started a little bit and dabbled with that. And that is just another beast. And that, in that, um, difficulty, you have to take the flaws. So it's, um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it, it makes sense once you get to the higher difficulties that they yeah. kind of like instill them on you. But it would have been nice to see them kind of mandatory for the levels as well. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree, and I'm not, I'm gonna have to do a full supernova playthrough for sure with my next playthrough because you know another difficulties you know I kind of felt like the, the game was a little too easy. Ah, but, yeah. But but I, I don't really mind too much because I usually die all the time in games anyway. I'm not that good. Yeah. I'm just here for the story, basically. <laughs> Same here. That's why I put yeah. it. I I put it on normal so I could I could just get through the story, seeing all the choices. I'm like I just wipe out all the the, the marauders and whatever else you throw at me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I tried yeah, getting to... back to the, to yeah, the go perks. Getting yeah. back to the perks, like, like it was de- the game's definitely missing those really interesting perks that uh that like you know like like Fallout has like you know can- yeah. cannibals and bloody mess and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I hope with the sequel or whatever they they add some more interesting perks because that was definitely like I, like I completely stopped taking perks at a certain point because I'm like I don't even care about these perks anymore. Right, yeah. I was kind of throwing a dart at the board at the by the end. It was like, all right, like which one do I want? I guess this one to make me even more powerful. I'll just wreck even more. So yeah, like it's I don't know. Um, I I was looking at uh, your review before uh, we jumped on together, and I think you mentioned the um, the environments as well, the worlds. You had a, a, a you weren't too happy with some of them. You want to go into that a little bit? Uh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, well, a lot of the, obviously, it's not an open world game. It's just, you know, these little hub worlds. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, a lot of locations don't really have a ton of, like, you know, hidden things or, like, extra locations besides the, like, the main cities. It, I mean, the exception to the rule being Monarch, which I thought was, you know, yeah. really, 
really um, well designed and uh, had it was very spacious and a lot of a lot of things to explore and find in there. Mm-hmm. But but otherwise otherwise you know there really isn't like a ton of exploration really to do, which in in my opinion isn't like it's not like a bad thing. Like I don't really hold it against the game because All one right. Obsidian is not very very great at exploration to begin with. Like in New Vegas, like the world is just kind of a bunch of empty desert. It's the desert. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think it's probably better that Obsidian just did these hub worlds so they can just get you from, you know, one conversation to the next quicker because that's where the, the real crown jewels of this game is, is in the, the dialogue and the conversations and the quests. So, so I guess the less downtime in between quests, the better. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel like they, they, the worlds were smaller. Uh, they filled them pretty well. Uh, with with people with like data pads with the little story details, yeah, yeah, like stuff like that, yeah. But I couldn't tell the difference between Roseway and Stellar Bay if I was just like looking at a building. Like, yeah, the, yeah, the buildings were all kind of samey. Yeah. yeah, which I wonder if that and the NPCs too were all kind of you see repeats every once in a while. You wonder if yeah. it's because of the size of the development team that they were just reusing assets over and over again. But yeah, probably. I mean, they, they didn't spend, you know, a ton of a ton of time, you know, relatively speaking working on this game. I think it was only like a like a two or three years of really like full development on it. Right. You know, it's it's not like a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 where you know they spent like <laughs> almost a decade on this game and they have a team of a thousand people to work with. You know, I'm sure if, if Obsidian had all those resources, you know, they definitely would have a lot more you oh, know, yeah. big, bigger worlds to explore and a lot more things to to find in them but but you know there were still some definitely some great locations in the game i mean groundbreaker is really a really cool location yeah. and a yeah, cool concept sure. and uh and you know i like i even i even liked emerald Vale. you know it's not super yeah. it's not super like interesting like just looking at it but there was still you know I, I still enjoyed exploring it a little bit yeah if you wander off the beaten path there is stuff to find especially in the emerald Vale. Um, yeah. Because you're you're on such a linear line to Edgewater to the deserter camp to the geothermal plant that if yeah. you just like break off a little bit, you'll find something interesting that you weren't necessarily meant to find. Yeah, and that's also a difference between like Obsidian's design design philosophy and like Bethesda's design philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like like Obsidian kind of even in New Vegas, they kind of have a set like road for you to follow like all the way around the map, basically. And in yeah. between that, there's not a whole lot of other stuff. Me, but then in Bethesda games, like you know, you, they kind of just put, start you like in the middle of the game or a corner, and like it's just like the whole world's just like wide open, right? Because you know? I mean, Bethesda <laughs> is definitely like Obsidian definitely hasn't beat in a lot of categories at this point, but uh, Bethesda are still the kings of like exploration, in my opinion, oh, and yeah. environmental storytelling. Right. You'll see. You'll start off and follow. Up, see four different radio towers or something in the distance that you want to go and run to. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and this game was was kind of lacking that, but yeah, exactly. Like those points of interest, like on the skyline and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting seeing the the difference between the two and like what each game focuses on and how they want to tell the story. You could see why, um, why Bethesda thought that maybe without the NPCs in seventy six, it could still work because they have that environment to tell a story. They have data pads, still terminals. Um, but yeah, it, it, it fell flat a little bit yeah. <laughs> to say the yeah. least. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even, yeah, to say the least, sure. <laughs> oh my God, there's a lot more you could say. But, yeah. But, but, but I, mean, I don't want to keep bashing Bethesda. But... Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess that's being a dead horse at this point, but, but I mean, even with all the flaws of 76, like the world itself is still, you know, it, it's still like cool looking and it's oh, cool yeah. to just explore just by itself. I mean, there's not, it's pretty shallow. There's not a whole lot to do, but you know, they're still good at, you know, that exploration factor, like, oh, what am I going to see when I'm walking over this hill? Like, what building yeah. am I going to discover here? You know, and that's just that's just a feeling. I guess it's unique to really Bethesda games, but you know, but Obsidian does so much else. You know, that's above and beyond Bethesda yeah. at this point. That you know, it doesn't bother me a whole lot that they're lacking a little bit in the exploration department. You know, because nah. just like just like you know, like the themes that Obsidian explores in this game, you know, are just are just so like just thought provoking and. And meaningful but like you, you don't see this type of writing in a game very often right know? and i think you brought it up in your review that it, it takes place 300 years into the future but so many of the messages the yeah. corporate structure the society how it's all set up is so reflective of what we see today yeah yeah definitely it's really a it's really a poignant uh commentary on capitalism 
and the many flaws with capitalism and corporate greed and like endless bureaucracy and everything mm. like that. And yeah. it, it, especially in today's day and age when we have, you know, companies like even in the gaming industry, like, like EA and, you know, Activision mm-hmm. and Bethesda, who seem to be more focused on, you know, their own pockets and bottom lines and, you know, putting out great products and consumers, you know, like Spacer's Choice is kind of, I think, a, like a parody of that, <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. like they put out all these cheap products and shit and expect their consumers to love them. And meanwhile, they're only focused on their bottom line. But, but that's, really, that's really just taking the companies we have in the real world and just taking that to like the logical extreme. You exactly. know, and parroting that, which, you know, Obsidian has, did that very masterfully. I mean, it, it, I'm trying to think of one good corporation in the game, and, like, the best I can come up with is MSI, maybe? But even them, they're, they're so focused on numbers. Sanjar is so focused on numbers, on production, um, and it's still trying to get back with the board. So <laughs> I don't know if you can necessarily call them good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call them, I wouldn't call them good or bad. I mean, they're, they're just kind of like I think Sanjar is pretty is pretty you know decent at running his company. I mean, he's kind of an idiot in some ways. Yeah, but you know, he's a decent enough leader of his company, and he's not he's not overly like uh, he's not overly mean to his employees. Like he doesn't treat them like horribly like some of the other companies. Right. You know, he's just, like like MSI is probably the closest thing there is to like you know the actual companies. In the real world, you yeah. know, like like they're not an over the top parody like some other companies are in the game. For sure, they're the only one trying out the idea of workers' rights, yeah. and and it's working to a point. But I I brought this up a couple episodes ago when we when I focused on Stellar Bay, they they're still dealing with um, like a high crime rate in the town and like worker strikes, so like things aren't going smoothly. But it is it is funny to see how like a real world company would would do in a, this kind of environment yeah yeah and, and the thing i love about sanjar is he's just like so like he's just so uh like brainwashed by the the bureaucracy and everything yeah. he's, he's so worried about like the the review of his performance and everything mm-hmm. like 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 i just thought that was funny he's still a company man even after all these years <laughs> like even yeah. though they broke off they've been abandoned he's still like wants to he can't break free of that corporate structure yeah no but at least he has his own planet so that's pretty cool that's true it, it's it's a mess but it, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's cool yeah. <laughs> oh man um so we're uh getting close to the end of our time um but i think we want to make or you want to make an announcement as far as a contest that we're running or you're running oh yeah sure i was doing a, a giveaway on my yeah. uh, account rpg news hq and uh I've just had people retweet and like a tweet and give one lucky winner uh, a copy of The Outer Worlds on the platform of their choice. That's awesome. So, I'm crossing my fingers and toes right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Oh, Sebastian, you're the winner. Oh, my God. Oh, look at that. <laughs> now, let's see, let's see who the actual winner is, shall yeah. we? And the winner is at RickyBestie9898. Hey! Congratulations, Ricky. Woo! Congrats, Ricky. You are the lucky winner of the contest. Thank you very much for your participation and support of my account. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, and maybe, and maybe uh, if we have time, we can still uh, discuss a little more about the game. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, we definitely can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What? Yeah. What? Um. What else? What other thoughts you have? What? What else have you been seeing in the game? Uh, well, 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 I'm just, I'm just really, like, I'm just still just really struck about, you know, the writing in the game, and especially with the, with the companions. Uh, Vicar Max, I thought, is, is just, well, one, he's easily the best companion, and in my opinion, (laughs) and and two, like, his dialogue is just so, like, thought-provoking, and we had this one conversation with him, and Mm -hmm. he was, he was talking about, uh, well, it was in the quest, which is one of my favorite quests in the game, where where uh, like his, his companion quest, and you go to the lady on uh, Scylla or Scylla, however you say oh, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scylla. Yeah, yep. yeah, and and, uh, and she basically, you know, makes you take these hallucinogenic drugs. I guess probably the equivalent of LSD or yeah. whatever. And, and he has this kind of like mea culpa, and you're kind of helping him through this, you know, like hallucination and everything. Yeah, and, like and a he's like, dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he's like, you know, the whole time I've been 
I've been fighting reality. You know, I've been, I've been struggling against this version of myself that's perfect, that doesn't exist and everything, while I should mm-hmm. just, you know, accept reality the way it is and just how I am. And, you know, I thought that was really powerful and that really struck a chord with me personally. And, you know, just things like that, like, like the writing in this game is just so thought-provoking, you, you know. And, uh, yeah. like, the last game that really had this sort of thought-provoking science fiction type writing for me was uh, Prey. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. played it, but I've heard amazing things about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a really underrated game. Probably one of the most underrated games of all time, in my opinion. And it, it also has some great writing from uh, Chris Avalone, too. Right. So that's another reason to play it. it it's yeah. not really an RPG, but it's a, it's a, it's a really good you know, like action. Hey, as long as it's got game. a good story, some good writing, I am all in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it definitely has some good stories and writing. You should definitely check it out. Vicar Max, he's, uh, his character arc was really, really impactful. It, uh, just from where you, you could be the first companion you meet, yeah. And then going all the way through to that scene in Scylla, he just like completely develops as he becomes like almost a full character. I didn't, I oh, yeah. really soured on him when I first met him just because he was so uptight and so like pushy as far as the world that he took. And yeah, then yeah. Learn, learning more and more about him as you kept going through his companion quests, it was just, it was really insightful. And the writing, like you said, is top notch. He would be my favorite, but Pavardi is a character in this game. And like, I can't huh. choose anybody else. Yeah, no, Pavardi is good too. And I really like Ellie as well. But yeah, but here. like you said, Max is just such a multi-layered, you know, character. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you slowly peel back those layers throughout the game. Like at first, I just thought he was just kind of, you know, a straight laced, you know, stuck up priest type guy. Yep. So, but then, yeah. but then through his quest, you start learning. You know, like, oh, he actually has like a like a dark side, like this, like this aggressive, angry side, and he has mm-hmm. all these internal conflicts within a, within him. And, and those are the types of characters that I'm really drawn to. Yeah, hell, he was in prison. I mean, not as yeah. an inmate, but he spent time there. So, as yeah. soon as you get well, to uh, hard time, will definitely change a person. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Especially <laughs> if you drop the soap <laughs> or end up like Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to the Outer Worlds, uh, <laughs> they, um, yeah, but like as soon as you get to Fallbrook in his companion quest, you like see him flip and that he like kind of used you and like now he's like getting revenge and wants to murder this guy. It's like, whoa, whoa, where, who is yeah, this? Yeah, like that caught me off guard. I'm like, holy shit, Completely. where'd that come from? It's like, where's the priest I met in Hedgewater? <laughs> it yeah. definitely takes like some turns. It's definitely one of the better written quests there is. Yeah, oh, definitely. And also, uh, and also, Ellie was I thought was a a really good companion as well too. Yeah. And, what'd uh, you do with uh, with her parents? Did you just did you go like the main route where you siphon the funds away? Uh, y- yeah, yeah. I committed insurance fraud. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> and I gave nice. Ellie the money. <laughs> nice. I I know some people who actually. Uh, have gone through and killed her parents as soon as oh, you really? meet them. And apparently she completely hates you for it and leaves your party. Uh, yeah, yeah which... well, she, she definitely seems to have, like, like, you know, she says, like, oh, I don't need my parents. Screw them. I'm completely yeah. independent. But, but, you know, like, she wouldn't go back and, and want to prove something to her parents if she didn't still, you know, like, care about them. Like, she would just leave them alone. Exactly. So if you, like, take her at her without reading that reading into that uh why yeah. she's here how her motivations for coming yeah. to byzantium and you take you end up going through with it and killing them it's it's interesting that it's like the complete 180 and she com- completely sours on you and leaves it's it's interesting that your choice in that matter means so much in seeing that mission through yeah no i agree and that's definitely another big thing about this game is that you can't just take everything for, you know, its appearances and, and mm-hmm. on its surface level. You, like, you got to dig deeper and you got to really try and assess, like, the character's motivations and, and see what's really, you know, going on behind the scenes. Because, like, like this game is, is really, it's really deep. You know, there's a lot of deep concepts going on and a lot of, oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. So it, it's, like, it's not just what everything appears to be on, on the surface, like, superficially. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have I have one last question for you, and this is the most important one. Sure. What happened on Earth? <laughs> well, well, I, I kind of like like she said there was some sort of like mass calamity that happened. 
Mm-hmm. But but I kind of like I kind of don't believe that. I feel like Earth kind of just like just told them, "Hey, just fuck off, guys. We don't care about you anymore." And I feel like I feel like something else is going on in, on Earth. I I got the same feeling. It's like, yeah. can we really believe what these characters have been telling us? Like, no. Phineas has been playing us. Kanye yeah. obviously can't be trusted. So why should we believe? And and just because we haven't heard from Earth doesn't mean that everybody's gone. So yeah, exactly. No, no, yeah. There's definitely still something going on there. And also, I found it strange that 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 not too long before that, you know, Minister Clark talks about sending a message to Earth, and that you know, oh, he's going to get help to arrive and everything. But but Akande said that she hadn't heard from Earth in years. Yeah. Apparently. So Three wouldn't, wouldn't mm-hmm. Minister Clark have have known that already? Like that that kind of didn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I I have a confession to make. I it. I did the board run and you don't actually meet minister Clark in a straight board run. So my entire playthrough, I didn't, oh, didn't true. meet that character. I didn't know he even existed until oh, I saw true. people online afterwards. He actually I came up with something for you then. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I, he actually comes in the slides at the end of the game and he, they're like, minister Clark did nothing like essentially. <laughs> and it was like, uh, who's it's minister like this Clark? character that I never met. Did nothing. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, uh, okay, I guess, I'll meet him when I when I said with Phineas. <laughs> um, but it, it's interesting that he um, that he didn't pick up on or maybe he did pick up and didn't let you know that Earth has been silent for three years or Akande's lying. Yeah, no, no, I definitely don't trust Akande as far as I can throw her. And yeah, I definitely feel like there's something fishy going on there, some sort of conspiracy or yeah, or maybe the, or maybe the world just, just ran out of copies of the Outer Worlds. That's and it, it just fell up. Society just collapsed. That's what will happen. People yeah. buy this game. Definitely. <laughs> You'll save humanity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it was just so cool to see them drop that little, like, little nugget at the end um, to, to set up potentially DLC, potentially a sequel. Uh, leaving a mystery there, I'm just like, yes, thank you. Like, we could have a continuing story, even yeah. though you took over the board or you saved the colony. There's still more to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the whole earth thing is probably too big for DLC. I think that's setting up for a possible sequel. Mm-hmm. Maybe the sequel will be called set the outer worlds. Maybe it'll be called the inner worlds. Oh. And, you'll, and you'll focus on kind of like the Milky way galaxy or something like that. That and would be interesting. Insane. That would yeah. be crazy. You, yeah. You think the companies are bad at, in the halcyon, like I just wonder how bad they could be in the. <laughs> yeah, Milky wait till you come back home on Earth. I mean, that'd be that'd be kind of an interesting challenge for them, though. I think to be able to to be able to make you know a version of Earth that is unique from you know all the versions we've already seen in countless forms of media. Yeah, and I'm, pic- and- I'm, I'm picturing like the the humans in Wally, where they're like sitting in their yeah. pods and like super fat, and like companies just take care of everything for them. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a pretty good analogy there. <laughs> um yeah i i completely agree like that if they do that for dlc it i think it'll get short shrifted because yeah it, it seems like too big of an idea yeah no i think if uh if, if there's going to be dlc i think it'll probably be the something with the other planets we didn't explore in the in the halcyon system like i think probably his festus would probably be the yeah the main one in my opinion because you know that's a habitable habitable planet and with you know yeah. the, a whole new faction on there and everything like yeah. that so definitely where my money is too. Yeah. It's yeah. it only makes sense. There's a corporation we haven't met yet that's in this colony. Yeah, exactly. So um, I definitely want more of this game sooner rather than later. Yes. I mean, I think they'll get it on they'll get it on Switch first in the spring. So I don't I don't know. I don't think we'd get DLC before that. I don't know if the two are related. For some reason in my mind, I'm like, it has to come to all platforms before they release DLC, but maybe yeah. not. Well, well, usually they have separate teams working on, you know, like a Switch port. So That's true. That's a good point. Not, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, they said they want to do DLC if it's commercially, commercially successful, and that's all and we've it, seen is yeah, how commercially the, successful it Yeah, is. it was like the number two selling game of the past month next to only like Call of Duty, which... That's yeah, pretty like, incredible for like an RPG of this be. nature. That's you know so like like complex and everything. You know. Yeah, and that's not like, even counting Game Pass. Yeah, that's true. Like with mm-hmm. that, holy crap. Yeah. So like, and, yeah. and Obsidian really needed this game to be a huge success. You know, because like the last few games they've had were like they were really good critically. They were really had a lot of critical acclaim, but commercially they didn't do as well. 
Right. I mean, that's why they were kind of begging to be bought out, and that's why Microsoft bought them. Oh, so, yeah. Now you have those Xbox dollars. You can they can make games for the rest of the time <laughs> if they keep, yeah <laughs> if they keep doing them well. I mean, the sky's the limit. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I just hope Microsoft doesn't uh, exert a negative influence on them, like, uh, like the corporations in the outer worlds. Oh uh, yeah, you know? Xbox. It, they seem to have been, or Microsoft seem to be good as far as the companies they acquire to kind of let them do their own thing. It's like they acquired them for a reason. So it only makes sense to continue to let them do that thing. But who knows? I mean, yeah. companies are making stupid yeah. choices all the time. Yeah, well, well, I don't know about you. I mean, I was just a, a teeny bit, it got me a teeny bit worried when they announced, you know, their, their new little game, uh, Grounded. I mean, obviously, it's just like mm -hmm. a little thing made by like 13 people. But still, I mean, like, this isn't the type of game that anyone would ever expect or really want from Obsidian. So hopefully yeah. it's just a one-off thing and not indicative of what they're going to do in the future because we need more games like The Outer Worlds. Yeah, I didn't even put that together with the Microsoft acquisition, but that makes complete sense. Like, where did that decision come from? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I really want to know. Because it definitely doesn't seem to me like a thing that Josh Sawyer would be like, oh, hey, I want to make this survival game where you're playing as miniature kids. Like, that doesn't really it's like, really? <laughs> seem like Josh Sawyer to me. <laughs> you do? <laughs> Maybe there's going to be a super robust story in Grounded, and, like, you play yeah, I mean, through all the be. tunnels. I mean... We don't know too much about it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I reserve my judgment, you know, until I mm -hmm. actually play the game or something, and I'm I'll still probably play it because it's Obsidian. Mm -hmm. But you know, oh yeah, we'll see, we'll see we'll what see. happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, any last thoughts on the Outer Worlds before we go into our very last segment of the show? Oh man, I mean, I just you know, I've been, I've been playing this game so much the past few weeks, man, and it's it's just. Like it, like I, it never, it never got boring to me. It never really, I never really stopped being amazed at the dialogue constantly, just over and over. Like the dialogue in this game is just the best dialogue of any game, really, yeah. I've ever played. Like it's yeah. just so clever and so witty, and it can be dark and depressing at times. It can be hysterical at other times. It it can be thought provoking. Like it's just so good. Like I would literally reload saves just to go back and and listen to all the responses <laughs> and choices. You know, because that was a just so incredible move. to me. Yeah, yeah, and also because you know I'm kind of busy. I don't have as as much time as I'd like to to do a billion playthroughs of the game. But mm -hmm. yeah, I can't remember laughing out loud as much as I did playing through this game. And again, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna suggest dumb character do it because that's where a lot of the humor came from throughout my playthrough. But even without, yeah. like, just the writing itself is just beautiful. Yeah, and probably my favorite moment was in, in Vicar Max's quest when, when he. He gets the book and he's like, French, I can't fucking read French. Like, I just started busting out <laughs> laughing. I'm like, I, I didn't see that coming whatsoever. It's such a good twist right at the beginning of his quest. And it's just like, oh, man. All right. This game's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it just it just never it never let me down throughout the whole playthrough. You know, it was just such a great experience. And I'm so thankful for Obsidian for making this game and also for giving me a, a, re, a review copy. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the company, it's just, they're really trying to, to support this community, to build this community up, and I can only see good things going forward. Yeah, no, I agree. Awesome. So we're going we're gonna to move into our last segment, which um, as listeners of the show probably know, it's quick questions. So I'm going to ask you some quick questions right off the top of your head you would answer. Easy things like Phineas or the board, and you just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Let's get it. All right, let's go. All right, so let's start with that. Let's start. Phineas or the board? Neither. Neither. Oh, man. We have not had that answer yet, but I really <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right. If you have one place to ban your worst enemy to, which location is it going to be? Hmm. Probably stuck in the unreliable with Felix. Oh man, anti Felix. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Felix. I didn't, get, I didn't get along with him either. <laughs> yeah. And also because he's always questioning my decisions. Just shut up, Felix. Just shut up and do as you told. The one, <laughs> the one option was Felix's adventures in shutting up and doing as he's told. It's a, a spin off game. You just made it. There's your DLC. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Would you rather eat a live sprat or sit through a Sanjar Nandi led? Quarterly progress meeting. Uh, probably the scrap. 
Yeah. Yeah, he says a lot of numbers. Yeah. But if I did have to sit through a Sandra Nandi, Sandra Nandi meeting, I would just roast him the whole time. And he's very insecure, it seems like. So he'd probably start crying. Like, immediately. After the first yeah. insult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, kiss, marry, kill with Nioka, Sam, or Vicar Max? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, who was it? Nioka, Vicar, Vicar Max, and... Well, and Sam. Sam the robot. And Sam, okay. Well, definitely, definitely have to marry Vicar Max. Yep. Definitely have to kill Nioka. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> and and <laughs> definitely have to... Ha- Definitely have to kiss Sam. <laughs> Who doesn't want to? At least you know exactly. he's clean, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no germs, and I'm I'm a germaphobe, so I don't want any bacteria. There you go. See, that's that's the right choice. Um, yeah. let's do it again. Let's do kiss, marry, kill with Pavardi, Ellie, and Felix. I think I know this one. Oh well, kill Felix <laughs> without even a second thought. Um, uh, marry, uh, or kiss Parvati. Okay, and. Yep. And marry, uh, who was the other one? Ellie. And uh, yeah, I'd probably marry Ellie because me and her personality, we would get along. Yeah, so definitely. Personalities. That spunky, looking out for yourself kind of personality. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and the last one, uh, what do you want to promote? What do you want to tell my listeners? Where can we find you? Anything you want, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, uh, you can always find me on Twitter at For All Out. And uh, also at, RP- at RPG News HQ. I'm always, you know, talking about whatever uh, topics arise in games. And uh, RPG News HQ is more just uh, news and updates about current RPGs. Right now, it's mainly the Outer Worlds. But once uh, in a few months or so, I'll start doing more stuff about Cyberpunk and uh, other oh, upcoming nice. RPGs like Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines oh. 2. And, uh, and also, uh, I will be posting my full review for The Outer Worlds on my YouTube channel. Um, so just go on YouTube and search, uh, just search Monty, The Outer Worlds, or Monty Fallout, and it'll pop up on there. And also, you can just look on my Twitter, and there'll be a link to that shortly. And uh, I also might be starting a new website at some point sometime soon. Cool. So just uh, keep it posted to my Twitter channels, and you can see any updates of stuff I'm doing in the future. And maybe I'll do another giveaway soon. Oh man, can't wait. Um, And and, yeah, just to reiterate what you said, um, RPG News HQ is amazing. Like it it is where you can find anything you need to know about uh, games coming out, games that are already out, ton of outer world stuff, but also my news feed or my Twitter feed is filled with outer world stuff. That's like all I follow. But seeing like the other games that pop up that you cover is is really refreshing. It's helpful because I know that there's other good games coming out as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so, I try to keep things you know interesting. I try to provide a unique perspective and not just yeah. you know just regurgitate what other people are saying or doing. And uh, you know, I love posting. Gotta love posting some memes too, man. Oh so. yeah, and you need a meme in your life, right? Like every once in a while, oh, yeah. changing. <laughs> yeah, so meme a day every- keeps the doctor away. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so everybody go follow both accounts and, um, and keep your eye out for giveaways, for news, cyberpunk stuff, the Outer world stuff, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my- thank you very much, Sebastian, for having me on the show. Very much appreciate my- it. And it was a great, great discussion. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks, Monty. We're definitely going to have to have you on again, um, maybe after a Game of the Year win. At the Game Awards yeah. for the other well, did, did you vote already? You got to vote. I voted. I voted on all my accounts. So, nice. <laughs> but everybody out there, nice. go vote. There might be the rigged though I, for uh, Jeff Keeley's man though, Kojima. Oh man, it how eight nominations was that? What it was? Eleven? I I can't. I we can't get started on that. Yeah. That's another hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Dorito but, Pope. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Well, it's Me been and awesome. History. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's been awesome having you on, man. We'll do it again soon, and uh, you have a great night. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks, awesome. everyone. Thanks. Bye. This has been an episode of The Outer World Show, a part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. All music and sounds are property of Obsidian Entertainment and or Private Division, and no copyright infringement is intended. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review. We're on every major podcast streaming service, including anchor.fm slash outer worlds. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.